The Detroit Tigers salvage a win, but honestly, no part of the team looked very good this weekend. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today is Monday, June 13th, 2022. Um, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Today's episode, I already said that. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, the Tigers drop two of three to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, as I said in the cold open, not very many uh, th- parts of the Detroit Tigers looked very good over the weekend. The offense looked pretty rough the, the entire weekend, uh, and the pitching did not look very great. Now, here's the thing. Elvin is, is, is gone. Elvin's back down in Toledo. I I can't imagine we're going to be seeing him uh, barring. uh, I'm not even going to say the word, but, uh, you know, I think the only reason we see him again is if uh, someone has a I word. And we don't even want to say it because we've had so many I words this year that we we don't even want to bring speak that into existence. So we're literally not even going to say it, but. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, one of those is, is the only situation in which Elvin's going to come back anytime soon. Uh, it sounds like they're going to do a bullpen day where his next start would have been, which is coming up here already again in, what, three days. Uh, so uh, that sounds like the current plan. And hopefully Erod, other Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez Erod, can – come back relatively soon but for now it's it's he got rocked he got absolutely rocked and and we talk about the four when breaking down pitchers all the time right on this show I've I've started talking a lot about the four different types of pitches there is there are pitches that miss barrels there are pitches that miss bats there are pitches that miss bats by a lot and there are pitches that don't miss anything and are cranked and elvin for the last two starts now has had pitches that don't miss anything and that's just how it is and look he's he's very young and he he was never supposed to do this this was never supposed to be elvin rodriguez's role it never was. So while he, he certainly was not good in his last two outings before getting sent down, final line on Friday, four and a third, eight hits, eight runs, two walks, two strikeouts, and 84 pitches. His ERA is 11 and a half. While that is certainly not, not ideal, and, and while none of that is, is how I'm sure he wanted it to go, uh, this is not some catastrophic failure because he was never supposed to be doing this in the first place 
This is just the cards that this team was dealt. He had to come up and he had to start games. I think ideally in a perfect world, he is starting games for Toledo this year. And then if needed has to come up and, and be a, a pitcher that they use out of the bullpen, maybe long relief. Maybe he's better short relief. Like Gregory Soto was. Gregory Soto was a starter for a long time as a professional. And then they moved him to the bullpen. He threw 100. And they were like, oh, whoops. <laughs> like that, that's maybe that's the trajectory they expected him to kind of go on. But uh, being a actual part of the major league rotation and anything more than a spot starter was certainly not in the cards and was not something that was supposed to happen this year. So. I'm not like super disappointed. I'm not going to freak out about like how much he struggled and I'm not going to come on here and and scream about the kid like had, he was not supposed to do this and that just shows. And uh, they're done with it. Experiment over. If you want to even call it an experiment, it's it's done. So I, I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon uh unless, you know, he goes on a tear in Toledo and figures something out or whatever, then maybe at the end of the year. But still, not anytime soon, barring again an, an I, another I-word happening. Um, that, We don't even really need to go over like, oh, did he have any good pitches? He was not missing bats. He was not missing barrels. The, they were cranking the baseball all over the field uh, and out of the field. And that's really all there was to it. Just not fooling anyone. A lot of people kept asking, was he tipping again? I don't believe so i saw nothing that led me to believe that they were tipping uh but the thing is the major leagues is really hard and these are the best hitters in the world and you don't have to be tipping your pitches to give up eight earned runs and give up eight hits you you can just be not as good as the guys at the plate and that's really all it came down to so that's it for elvin they weren't probably like that's it that's that's the end of the Elvin story for the time being, and maybe it'll resume later. Later, but for now, that's it. Uh, the bullpen in this one, Willie Peralta, gave up a couple of runs, which is super off-brand at this point. He's just been so good. Uh, I think his command was a little wacky on Friday, and honestly, I, I thought his command was also a little wacky on uh, on Sunday as well, which again, pretty off-brand. Uh, and it didn't cost him anything on Sunday. Goes two innings, two walks, no runs, uh, but no strikeouts on Sunday. Two walks is kind of off-brand for him out of the pen. Uh, and then he did give up runs for the first time in forever. I mean, his ERA is still sub-1-5 after his performance on, on Sunday, lowering it back down to that. So it, he's still phenomenal and, and is still going to be the go-to first guy out of the pen if the starter gets into trouble early. But um, But, yeah. That's kind of off-brand, and I think it was mostly just a command issue. Joe Jimenez, I thought, looked really good this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Looked really, really solid. Uh, Jason Foley, Will Vest both pitched. I guess they were fine, but it was already 10 to nothing, so, like, whatever. (laughs) And, yeah, the Tigers salvage a a run. They're late. It was a really weird broadcast. It was a really weird uh, game. And yeah, I mean, it was six, nothing after the second. So like uh, for this team, that's essentially 10 to nothing after the second, this offense, you want to go with the aggregate again. Like we talked about last weekend against the Yankees, this was 17 to four in a three game series. 
Your offense only scored four in three-game series. Not good at all, especially when you realize three of those came in a game. You scored one run across two games. And then the pitching, like Alvin, again, for two weekends in a row, has done the heavy lifting in the aggregate department of, of how many runs were given up. But uh, we'll talk about Bo Brisky. He's definitely a bright spot. Tarek Skubal really struggled this weekend. We haven't seen that ever, really. So uh, we'll get into the the rest of the pitching because I do want to break down Brisky. I do want to break down Scooby. And there's a couple more relievers left on the weekend. Uh, and, and then we'll obviously talk about the offense because it was still really not great. But there was a couple of bright spots, I guess. But it, we still got a lot to talk about. But first, I got to tell you all, about our friends over at Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product, like I tell you guys all the time, I use them every day, literally every single day. And I started taking them because they just wanted to let the hosts try everybody's product. And then they wanted to let the hosts try the product that they were going to sell. And all of a sudden, I found myself absolutely in love with it. And it has every vitamin and mineral you need in a 24-hour period, all in like an 8 to 10 ounce bottle of water every morning uh it tastes good it, it makes you feel better instantly just throughout the day your gut health your health your digestive health just your energy level everything is is, is phenomenal it's so good for you and, and it's something that i truly do live by now i absolutely love it i really do and uh I, it's not i've never taken those things before i've never taken a daily supplement i've never taken a uh like a, anything like that and yet, here I am now every single morning. It's, it's my favorite thing, man. It really is. Uh, it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It accommodates to all of that. Uh, no GMOs, only one gram of sugar, no nasty chemicals, no artificial flavoring. So while it tastes good, again, it, it's just it supports everything. It supports better sleep quality. It supports better mental clarity. There's so many studies that have gone on with this that that support and and back up the fact that it is incredible for your body and for your mental. And again, I I absolutely love it. it costs less than three dollars a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. If you have coffee every morning, it's cheaper than that. It really is. It's it's something else. I I love it. So. You should order Athletic Greens, and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Check out the ultimate NBA mock draft starting June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked on NBA big board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. It's super, super cool. It's a really fun thing they do every year uh, where they have, you know, all the insiders for the teams, all the coup at, at Lockdown Pistons. Great. Does a phenomenal job, phenomenal work uh, covering the team. And, you know, they have draft experts and everything. It's super, super fun. So make sure to check it out. Okay. Let us get into 
the rest of the stuff we want to talk about. So we already talked about a, a lot of the bad, and I'm not sure we're even going to bring up Friday. We're going to talk about the offense as a whole, like throughout the entire weekend. So maybe in, in that regard, but we're kind of done with Friday. Whatever. That was an absolute train wreck. Like I said, the broadcast was weird. The, the game started late because of rain. Uh, it, it was all just weird. Everything about it was weird, and it didn't help that we were getting absolutely pumped. Uh, then Saturday happens, and we're like, all right, Toronto's really good. This is not looking very good. And Bo Brisky looked really solid. He looked really solid. And, and the thing continues to be with him. When is he going to start being able to consistently miss bats? Because in today's day and age of baseball, it's really hard to be a contact first pitcher. It is. It's really, it's really difficult. And man, my allergies suck again today. I'm sorry if I sound weird. Um, it's it's really difficult to be a contact first pitcher. And Bo is has been that up to this point in his career. And in the minors, he had some he had some pitches that he could go to and could get whiffs. And in this game, he went to the slider a lot more. And that's two games in a row we've kind of seen the slider slowly being utilized more with him. And it was the pitch that had the most whiffs. He still only had eight on the game, which in 86 pitches and, what, five and two-thirds is not – it's not terribly low, but – he only had two strikeouts along with it. It's it, you still in a perfect world would like that to be a little bit higher. Um, the four seam fastball had three, the slider had four and the changeup had one And the minors. The changeup was a really good pitch to get people off balance and to get hitters uh, to swing and miss on some low. And that's two, like I said, two starts in a row. Now we've seen the slider a little bit more. This one was, he was very, very effective with it. It was a, a low average exit velocity against he was not giving up a ton of hard contact with it he gave up one that was roped but besides that it was it was a lot of weak contact with it um and the change up he only threw 11 times uh, on the entire game the slider 22 and the slider sorry the slider 22 and the fastball 47 uh like i said 86 pitches total so it was really a three pitch mix for him he threw four sinkers and two curveballs that were kind of whatever that's you know six total pitches none of them were whiffs uh almost all of them were honestly put in play it was yeah not not too effective on the fourth and fifth pitches but really a a three pitch mix kind of day and and it's interesting it's just interesting seeing that development or or maybe it's not even development just that change in philosophy where you go from you know change up being because it is a good change up it is it still is even if it's not the pitch that he's getting a ton of whiffs on, it's still a damn good pitch. Really good shape, really good movement, uh, different enough pitch velocity from the four seam. That got up to 96 in this one, by the way. Uh, it's It still is a, a really solid pitch. It's just the slider was the one that was working. So that's something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on with Bo is how much he continues to utilize the slider if that maybe overtakes being like his favorite breaking ball, if that's just a step in development and maybe he's working on both of them. Uh, but that is good to see because if he can get the change up to a major league caliber swing and miss pitch and he can continue to throw the slider for swing and miss with kind of stuff, 
That that like that's what we're talking about. That's uh that's a damn good pitcher, and he was phenomenal in this game. Five and two thirds, seven hits, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts. As we've talked about a lot, Chris Fetter's philosophy for for young developing pitchers: you will throw strikes, you will throw strikes, you will not beat yourself with walks, you will not beat yourself with putting people on base, and that's certainly what Bo has done up to this point in his major league career. Uh, four three four ERA, not half bad. Not half bad. Andrew Chafin pitched an out in this one. He got it. Jason Foley, ERA down to two four one after this weekend. Two shutout innings of work. The sinker is really looking good for him. I'm very, very happy and pleased with how good of a pitch his sinker looks. It is, it's phenomenal. And I, I think there's a part of me that thinks he should just bail on the four seam altogether. Like the sinker is literally faster. His sinker moves faster than his four seam. I would be totally okay if he just didn't throw the four seam ever again. Just went, the sinker was his fastball, kept the slider, kept the changeup every once in a blue moon to throw people off, and that was just his arsenal. But regardless, he's looking really solid. Uh, Michael Fulmer was phenomenal this weekend. Uh, One shutout inning with two strikeouts. It's going to be interesting to see what his status is on the team going forward. I think that he, if we were to sell, and this is way too early, and we're not even having a conversation about it, but if we were to sell at the deadline, Michael Fulmer is one of the candidates, I feel like. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to get traded. I'm not saying I uh, think he should be traded. All I'm saying is on, on June 12th, if we get to the deadline and I'm looking at the future and I'm looking at, at July 31st and I'm thinking who on this team could be sold if we don't figure it out and this team goes into sell mode for the fifth, sixth year in a row, Michael Fulmer is, I think, going to be – could be reasonably high on that list. So we'll see what happens there. Then Greg uh, with the scary, really scary ninth inning still gets two strikeouts in Greg fashion but uh, has, has a very scary ninth there. The command was not good in this one, and it was bound to happen eventually because for the last 12 starts, it's been actually really solid. So we were bound to have a lapse in that, uh, and and this was it. And thankfully, look, I'm going to be okay with him continuing to be the highest leverage situation guy if – the lapses that he does have and, and the kind of the, the moments where you go, oh, boy, it's going to be one of those starts or appearances, I should say. If those still lead to wins and still lead to him not blowing the lead, then that that's okay. I would much rather him do it in a three-run game where we still get a win than, you know, a one-run game on the road or something. So we'll, we'll take it. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on because it always is something to keep an eye on. Okay, we'll get into Scooble and the offense. But first, I got to tell y'all about Ben Online. Ben Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. Great series. I got the dubs personally. The NHL Hockey Conference Finals. Well, now the Stanley Cup Finals. I just don't want the Lightning to three-peat. That's just what I want. I don't want the Lightning to three-peat. I'm so tired of Tampa. I know Steve built them, whatever. I'm just tired of it, all right? Also, Major League Baseball, obviously. And, of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Phenomenal UFC card this weekend. Phenomenal UFC card. Uh, Very, very, 
fun to watch. And all of this falls under Bet Online's window. That's the best part. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Let's talk about Scooby, and then we'll just get into the rest of the show. We'll just be about the offense and, and its continued struggles. It's hard to do like three entire segments about a bad offense. You know, like pitching, you can be like, okay, this is why this person struggled. We can break down the stuff. We can break down a pitch sequence. We can like there is you. You can point when an offense sucks. It's just like, ah, uh, yeah, they were bad. Like it's it's so we'll we'll get to it. There is some stuff to talk about with it, and there is some players that performed well. Um, but it it it's just so exhausting tire talking about a bad offense over and over and over again. And we continue to do that. Scooble though. First start of the season that he was really that that he really struggled in. Um, I think he had one other start in like maybe like his second or third start of the entire season that kind of didn't go very well. But since he just went on a tear, this is the first start that we were like, oh, yeah, like he's kind of human. Right. And that's no one's opinion on Tarek Skubal should change after this start. No one's should. It happens. Every single pitcher in baseball ha- has gotten their stuff rocked for, for a game. And this was always going to be kind of a tough matchup for him. The Blue Jays have a lot of really good right-handed hitters. A lot. And that is always going to be something that Tarek Skubal is going to have to overcome lineups that have that much good right-handed hitting is always going to be something that that Tarek Skubal is going to have to circle and and kind of tough through and that's the next step in his development in my eyes the next step in his development is being able to take a righty heavy lineup and still carve them up like he has been doing all year and he struggled in this one final line four innings seven hits four runs two walks five strikeouts uh, the thing is, I, I mean, with some of the pitching performances we've had this season, you know, four innings, four runs is like not the absolute worst thing in the world. I, I'm not saying that this was a good outing by any stretch, but I mean, we've had worse and and a lot of people have had worse. And, uh, you know, I mean, he still had nine whiffs in four innings. Not terrible. The CSW percentage on the game was still 30 percent. That's still really solid. The biggest thing for him was just. This was a this was very much a Tarek Skubal of last summer start where he has the the called strikes, he has the whiffs and and he has like the peripherals to to look solid, but everything that hit a bat was cranked. Everything was either missing a bat or not missing anything. Not very many missed barrel balls put in play is basically what this comes down to. There was a 95 average exit velocity for the game is very, very high. A hundred average exit velocity of a hundred miles an hour on four balls put in play for the slider alone, which is the pitch he threw the most. Um, 
the four seam fastball, 97 average exit velocity, the sinker, 90 average exit velocity, only one ball put in play, I guess, that went 90. Um, but 11 balls put in play for an average exit velocity of 95.1 miles an hour. That's just what this came down to. And again, I, I don't think that it was a pitch sequencing problem. I liked the game that was called. Uh, there was a couple of, of command issues, I guess. It's just when you are a power throwing left-handed starter and you go up against a lineup that has a bunch of really good, powerful right-handed hitters, you can't make even small mistakes. And that's just what we saw. There's a couple of small mistakes, a couple of sliders that found way too much of the strike zone they shouldn't have, and a couple of fastballs that found way too much of the zone and they shouldn't have. And that's the difference uh, of the game against the lineup like the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's really all that, that all that, what am I even trying to say? All that came down to it? All that it came down to. That's the phrase. Goodness gracious. It's been a very long weekend. I, I worked a, a ton this weekend. I was driving all over the state of Michigan. Uh, but a lot, a lot of cool stuff on boys lacrosse. High school uh, lacrosse state finals was this weekend. If you want to have the in on that, check out uh, the Detroit News. Okay. Let's get into the offense, and let's uh, finish this puppy up. The offense, like we talked about earlier, had four runs in three games, and three of them came in one game. I'm very happy that we were able to salvage a win. I'm very happy because the offense, at no point this weekend, at no point this weekend, was I like, oh, man, this this offense is cooking. Like, oh, boy, this, this, this could – we're turning a corner. This could be something cool. Like, no. At no point, at absolutely no point, was I was I really impressed with the offense. Certainly not on uh, on on Friday or Sunday. Friday was really brutal. Five hits and one walk, so that's six base runners total on Friday in nine innings. Really solid. And then Sunday, you got absolutely carved up by Ross Stripling. And Ross Stripling is a guy who was straight up just a victim of the Dodgers being too good. Like, that's that's Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling was a pretty solid pitcher for the Dodgers for a while. And they're just so deep and so good that they could look at Ross Stripling and be like, yeah, we don't like really need you, man. And now he's in Toronto as a 3-1-4 ERA. So... That's that. That's who Ross Dribbling is. He was a guy, a guy that that uh, that the Dodgers did. Were like, yeah, we're we're like good, and uh, that's no disrespect to him because the Dodgers are just a juggernaut, and he's having a really solid season. But that's still no excuse to have one base runner against him in six innings. That's embarrassing. That shouldn't happen. And then their bullpen pretty much had their way with you too on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we got shut out, and their bullpen had its way with you on Friday. Like, I, it's just, it's bad approach. It's bad approach after bad approach. And Sunday, they were hitting the ball pretty hard at one point, and it was just all right at people. Scope had a couple of hard hit balls. Javi Baez had a liner that went right to the third baseman. Um, th- there was a couple of instances on Sunday, at least, of the ball being hit really hard, but it, it's it's just it's no power 
that continues to be the storyline of the season. This offense has no power. Like, we as a team have 30 home runs at the time of this recording on the season. What the heck? Aaron Judge has 24. What are we doing? (laughs) It's just no pop. You're not going to win too many baseball games in the way that the game is played today in today's day and age with no power, none to speak of. There's no patience with runners in scoring position, except for Miguel Cabrera. That's it. Miggy's the only person and over the last month that's come through at a relatively good clip. That's that, and that's relative with runners in scoring position. It's not good. Bright spots offensively this weekend. Uh, Javi Baez had a three-walk game. For the first time in his Major League Baseball career on Saturday. That was kind of fun. Like I said, he he roped a ball on on Sunday, but did not really lead to anything, unfortunately. And on Friday, he struck out and got booed. So I'm hoping hard hit ball on Sunday, couple of hard hit balls on Sunday, um... And three walks on Saturday. Maybe we're we're starting to hopefully turn a corner. Like that's what I got. That like that's what I can talk about with the offense. I this is a, a, an impossible task to continue to talk about this offense every single day is impossible. I don't I don't know what else to say. It's been brutal. It's it's been historically. Like, straight up historically brutal. I don't know what else to say. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. Okay. We now head into a very big series against the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox have been really struggling this season. They are three games under 500, and they are currently losing, I believe. At least they were when I started this recording. Um, So could potentially be four games under 500. I think we're only three or three and a half back from from them in the standings. Uh, if, If you take two of three from Chicago... And then you head into a four-game series against Texas. And and you can salvage a series win there. You're talking about maybe this team possibly turning it around. I mean, then you got Boston, then Arizona, then the Giants, but then Kansas City, and then Cleveland, and then the White Sox again, and then Kansas City again, and then Cleveland again. Goodness gracious. Okay, so we got a lot of divisional opponents coming up after San Francisco for looking way ahead. But uh, for the time being, just find a way to take two of three from Chicago. Find a way. Get this back on the rails a little bit. Goodness. Also, call up Riley Green. What are we doing? This is ridiculous. He's gotten on base in like every single game he's been in Toledo. Grow up. Let, let's get the show on the road. All right? Goodness. You got a 10-game homestand. 
You're not going to call him up during a 10-game homestand? Really? Whatever. They'll do it soon. I'm just being – I'm just whining at this point. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully talking about a uh, a, a win against the White Sox. Pitchers for this one, uh, I believe it's Ronnie Garcia, Johnny Cueto. So we'll see how that goes. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.